1: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the third quarter 2021 results conference call. I would now like to turn the meeting over to Chantal Melanson. Please go ahead, Ms. Melanson.
0: Thank you, and good morning, everyone. As mentioned, we would like to welcome you to Major Drillings' conference call for the third quarter of fiscal 2021. On our call, we will have Denis Larocque, President and CEO, and Ian Ross, our Chief Financial Officer. Our results were released yesterday evening and can be found on our website at www.majordrilling.com. We also invite you to visit our website for further information. Before we get started, we'd like to caution you during this conference call, we will be making forward-looking statements about future events or the future financial performance of the company. These statements are forward-looking in nature and actual events or results may differ materially from those currently anticipated uh, statements. I
2: will now turn the presentation over to Dick. Please go ahead. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. We were pleased by the level of activity generated this quarter, both before and after the holiday period. The third quarter is always impacted by a seasonal shutdown over Christmas at certain projects, but November was a particularly, particularly good month and continued progression of the experience in the previous quarter. December saw the usual anticipated reduction in operations over the holidays, while in Canada, January got off a quicker start than previous years. These factors contributed to a revenue increase of 23% for the quarter, and it does provide a strong indication that we are moving into a mining upcycle. Margins, as you as is usual for this quarter, were impacted by substantial and overall work over the holiday period. Additionally, the company incurred significant training, mobilization, and setup costs to meet the pickup of activity and increased demand we are seeing for our services as we move into the fourth quarter and beyond. This performance generated EBITDA of $8.7 an increase of 230. 226% over last year, which turned into an increase of $6.6 million in, of net cash, bringing our net cash position to $14.2 million. I want to commend our employees throughout the organization have been able to work through strict protocols and logistical challenges and deliver this kind of growth while remaining safe and healthy. I also want to highlight our Canadian division's safety performance which has now operated over 7.5 million hours over six and a half years without a lost time injury. The safety and well-being of our crews is our first and highest responsibility when we work on any projects, and we work hard to earn the trust and support of our crews, and we are pleased to see their success. With that, Ian will walk us through the financials and then I'd like to uh, discuss our market outlook further before opening up the call. Ian?
3: Thanks, Denis. Revenue for the quarter was $100.4 million, up 23% from revenue of 80.7 million million, recorded in the same quarter last year. The drill programs continued later into December and started up early in January in our biggest regions. The unfavorable foreign exchange translation impact on revenue for the quarter, when comparing to the effective rates for the same period last year, was approximately $2.5 million, with a minimal impact on net earnings. Despite the continued challenges of COVID-19 in certain jurisdictions, we're pleased to report our highest third quarter revenue in over eight years, as we are seeing increased demand driven by senior gold projects and juniors deploying the capital raised last year. The overall gross margin, excluding depreciation for the quarter, was 20.3%, compared to 17.6% for the same period last year seasonality of the third quarter always has an impact on margins as we take our opportunity to overhaul rigs that shut down over the holiday season. Also this quarter, in response to the increased activity level and potential demand we are seeing in Q4 and beyond, we stepped up training efforts to ensure we can satisfy our customers' needs in what is shaping up to be a busy calendar 2021. G&A costs were down $1 million at $11.7 million when compared to the same quarter last year, The decrease is mainly related to reduced travel and various FX impacts. The income tax provision for the quarter was low compared to an expense of $300,000 for the prior year period. The income tax provision was impacted mainly by losses not being tax affected in certain regions. Net loss was $1.5 million, or $0.02 per share, for the quarter compared to a net loss of $9.9 million, or $0.12 per share, for the prior year quarter. EBITDA was 8.7 million compared to 2.79 in the prior year quarter. Strong growth in the quarter versus the same quarter last year is a direct result of increased activity level and illustrates the operational leverage potential as revenue levels grow. The balance sheet remains in great shape as our net cash position grew by 6.6 million to end the quarter with 14.2 million and total liquidity of 93 million. The company spent $5.1 million on CapEx, which was lower than anticipated due to the delivery dates of some new drills being pushed into Q4. We therefore expect a slight capex increase in the fourth quarter, as we continue to ramp up for what is shaping to be a busy calendar 2021. During the quarter, the company added three underground rigs and retired 14 older, less efficient rigs, ending the quarter with a total rig count of 590. The New breakdown of our fleet and utilization is as follows. 299 specialized drills at 39% utilization, 123 conventional drills at 38% utilization, and 168 underground drills at 52% utilization, for a total of 590 drills at 43% utilization. As we've mentioned before, specialized work in our definition is not necessarily conducted with a specialized drill. Rather, it is work that requires that we meet the rigorous standards of our customers in terms of technical capabilities, operational and safety standards, and other related factors. Over time, we expect these standards to be increasingly important by our customers. In the third quarter, revenue from specialized work accounted for 55% of our total revenue, relatively unchanged from the prior quarter. We expect this trend to continue as long as the demand is supported by elevated commodity prices. Continental drilling made up 11% of our revenue from the quarter, mainly driven by the increased demand for work from junior mining companies. Finally, underground drilling revenue was up slightly compared to last quarter at 34% of total revenue, However, up 28% in the same quarter last year as we continue to grow this portion of our business in line with our strategic initiatives. As junior financing has picked up over the past nine months, we've started to see a shift in our revenue mix. During the quarter, juniors accounted for 19% of our revenue, seniors and intermediates making up the remaining 81%. We continue to see an increase in tenders for junior programs, which will soak up capacity in the drilling industry in certain jurisdictions. In terms of commodities, gold products represented 62% of our revenue, while copper was at 17% this quarter. Following on the trend of Q2, we saw gold dominate our revenue mix, while copper lagged slightly from historic norms. With strong copper prices and government infrastructure spending on the green economy in the works, we expect to see an increase in demand for copper-related drill programs in certain regions. With that overview on our financial results, I'll now turn the presentation back to the need to discuss the.
2: Thanks, Ian. Uh, it seems like we're having sound problems. Uh, we're just trying to uh, fix it um, at this point. We'll uh, we'll keep going, and if uh, if we just give me a second, we <laughs> we're working through it okay we will uh just hang in there we'll uh, come back in uh on a different line uh it should only take a few seconds. Thank you please go ahead thank you so we're we're back with a what I think is a uh a better line now so sorry about that uh so we'll we'll keep going i'm uh gonna take you through the uh, outlook and then uh, we can move to questions so um, at at the start of the calendar year we saw an increase in gold exploration spend from both seniors and juniors particularly in Canada which was the main driver of the initial pickup of activity copper prices have been have seen a recent surge which should also translate into more exploration activity in the near future, as mining companies focus capital allocation into replenishing their depleting reserves. In the last few weeks, we've seen uh, the world wake up to the reality of a rapidly diminishing future copper supply. At the same time, we're seeing governments unleashing significant stimulus programs, targeting investment in in renewable energy and electric vehicle infrastructure, all of which will require huge amounts of uh, copper. This, This increase in industry activity has once again raised questions around the availability of skilled labor, particularly in North America. To mitigate concerns over crew staffing, we've stepped up our efforts around the world and have reinstated many of the initiatives that proved successful in the last industry upturn. Additional trainees are being assigned to rigs and retention programs are being reinstated. In North America, we have increased our efforts across our training centers with goals to improve our retention rate for new hires and to qualify candidates for our driller trainee programs. Wage increases will will be applied in certain regions to retain and attract the most experienced drillers and to ensure our high quality customer service is maintained as competition heats up. As we look ahead to our fourth quarter in fiscal 2022, we continue to see a noticeable increase in inquiries from all categories of customers. And if their plans progress as advertised, we expect to see utilization rates continue to gradually improve as crews become available. Although the shortage of experienced drill crews will put temporary pressure on labor costs and productivity, especially in our most active markets, we expect the wider industry shortages to continue to drive pricing improvements, which should gradually translate into margin recovery. Many of our senior gold and copper customers have identified exploration and reserve replacement as an important part of their future plans and so we are naturally optimistic given the commodity price environment. Additionally, junior mining companies continue to raise capital and are getting ready to deploy the capital raised recently on exploration projects. This pickup in financing activity is indicative of the changing sentiment in the capital markets. For a number of years, the mining industry has seen underinvestment and will need steady exploration activity and, of course, associated specialized drilling services to replenish reserves for years to come. To conclude, we believe that we are in the early stages of a strong upcycle in the drilling business due to a strong gold price environment and the growing need to mine for copper. Major drilling is very well positioned to participate in such an upcycle. We have been laser-focused on maintaining the condition and efficiency of our fleet, and our strong financial position gives us the unique ability to respond to meet our customers' demand for rigs, rod handling, mobile equipment, and technology. We believe that the investment we have made ahead of the upcycle will ensure we meet our customers' highest standards, which is key to our ability to remain the leader in specialized drilling and retain our contractor-of-choice status for major and intermediate producers. Our approach also allows us to attract and retain the best people at a time when the industry is heading towards a labor crunch. With that, we can open the call to questions. Operator?
1: Thank you. So please press star 1 on your device's keypad if you have a question. Please press star 1. There will be a short pause while the participants register. Thank you for your patience. The first question is from Darrell Young from TD Securities. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Morning everyone. Good
4: morning. Uh, so first quick question on uh, uh, on the MA environment. Throughout the, the cycle, the down cycle, I think you have, have mostly said that, that M&A was, was off the table. Um, as the we move into this up cycle and see the labor shortage, is there any change in the thinking uh, on, on M&A and, and what kind of opportunities might be out there?
2: yeah the we we've never said it was off the table It's just the um we've we're always been very focused on uh on our strategy of specialized drilling and, and what we've said is that um uh, there there was a lot of companies with just excess rigs and uh, no employees or no crews that would come with it. If we look at businesses, uh, we're always interested in different geographies or in specialized drilling. Those are kind of the two main places we'd be interested in, in making acquisitions, as it would uh, fit uh, fit in our fold. So, yes, we we're always we've always been uh, uh, looking. We we talk to a, a, a lot of companies that uh sometimes uh, we we get phone calls sometimes it's, these are short conversations um and like i say we're we're just uh we're we're always looking to to grow and if it makes sense uh, we'll certainly look at it uh, uh we we'll certainly look at it
4: okay great um, and then, obviously, some some very good results in in Canada this quarter. And it sounds like there was still some some COVID related issues in in South America and, and parts of Africa. Is there a way to um, kind of quantify or think about how much upside would have been there if if those markets were operating normally? And I guess what I'm trying to sort of vet out is is you know how how, how much uh, clearly demand is very strong, but just sort of how much upside is is pent up in those markets.
2: Yeah, it, it's really hard to to give you that because um, uh, how much is related to COVID and how much is related to, um, uh, for example, Latin America being slower to pick up in an upcycle. In the la- if we look at history, in the last upcycle, Canada took off first, and then uh, Latin America followed after. So, so there's a bit of that at play as well. Uh, so it's not all COVID, but certainly uh, COVID is playing a factor in a sense that uh, if if mining companies were thinking of investing, uh, all it's doing is de- it's delaying investments but i think that um if history repeats itself we we should see uh we should see those regions picking up in the near future because at these commodity prices it makes sense to go look for uh there is a premium in there Uh, when you look at copper being above four bucks even copper being above We 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 kept saying copper being above 325 would be uh, there's still lots of money being made, so it still makes sense to look at it. So at four bucks, you got to believe that uh, it's starting to make a lot of sense, and those reserves need to be replaced. And the same thing for gold. We used to we used to talk about 1350 as being uh, you know once things are over 1350, then there's lots of projects that make sense and uh we're well above those those thresholds so so i think uh the the latin american uh and, and like outside of of north america i think it's just a question of time really
4: okay perfect and then just one final one um on the copper side and and i guess other um sort of battery related metals um what kind of percentage of the mix do you think that that could could become uh, over time? Because obviously um, gold has historically been the most demanding in terms of the requirement for meters drilled, just given the nature of the geology. Um, but you know what what kind of I guess upside or mix do you see there on the copper and battery metals?
2: Well, when yeah, when things were would, were firing on all cylinders. Gold wasn't even making it to 50%. We were like in the 45 to 50% of our revenue was gold. This quarter, we're at 62%, and that's that's pretty much the highest we've ever seen. And I think it's just because gold is taking off uh, first, and copper is at 17%. And again, that would be a low for us on, on our revenue. So... In uh, when when things get going on copper, uh, I wouldn't be surprised that we would see a 50% gold, 25% copper, and then the other 25%. We always say it's uh, it's it's the flavor of the day. If if we go back uh, 10 years ago, uranium was a big part of that, and we had coal that was a big part of that, and then iron ore. Uh, these days, I, in that you know, going forward, you're going to have lithium and uh, and uh, platinum and uh, cobalt that are going to be part of that 25 percent, and nickel as well. Um, and nickel, as we've already seen, uh, some pickup in nickel activity. So, uh, so in the future, I would think that's probably what we can expect to see the mix become. And it's not because gold would would reduce. It's because the others are going to pick up. Right now, uh, we're, we've pretty much only seen gold. Uh, like the pickup we're seeing is mostly uh, related to gold. Gotcha. Okay, great. Well, uh, congrats on a good quarter,
4: and I'll, I'll get back in the queue. Thanks, guys.
2: Thank you.
1: Thank you. The next question is from Christophe Mattel from H. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Christophe Mattel, your line is open. Perfect, thank you uh, yeah I wanted to, to ask one thing on on the rebound now, clearly, we see all these uh raw material price moves on, on the commodities side and all of that. I was wondering overall, like what else gives you sort of comfort that this is sort of the real time because we have seen a couple of false starts that the the cycle is is turning in, in, in a more in, for in on a multi year level i mean we do you look at the the capital raisings at the miners? is it your conversations? With uh, with the majors and their order books, or you're getting from them, or sort of what gives you the real confidence this is here to last now for
2: two or three years? Yeah, the really w- we're driven by the supply side, and there is there is a need for mining companies uh, to look for it. Gold is down, the the, the reserves are down 35 percent from 2012, and then the copper. Are facing uh, big supply issues upcoming, and it takes ten to fifteen years to bring a mine into production so uh, so commodity prices are starting to reflect that, and mining companies on the senior and intermediate side are all have all become vocal about the need to explore more so so that gives us comfort that uh, they're moving with plans and that they're serious about these plans despite uh, you know over the last week we've seen a bit of a dip in the gold price and uh, but the again to my point earlier uh, 1350 was still is still very healthy very good money to be made uh, and gold is still well above that and gold companies are still talking about having to do a lot of drilling a lot of exploration to replenish their reserves and on the junior side uh, there's been there's been a lot of money raised over the last six months and that money has to be spent so even if everything came to a halt uh, on the financing uh, there's there's money in the system uh, that needs to be deployed uh some of that money was even uh, raised on flow through that means that it needs to get Spent on exploration no matter what so um, so we feel we feel pretty good about the, uh, the, the 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 year that's coming up got it thank you very much thank you thank you
1: once again please press star 1 on your devices keypad if you have a question we have a next question from Maggie McDougall from steeple please go ahead your line is open
0: Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. I noticed in your commentary um, some you know, comments on just labor and labor shortage and um, how that may or may not be impacting your business. I'd be very curious to hear as you look forward the next few quarters at um, potentially increasing utilization. So, so perhaps just some color on how you, you guys are dealing with that. Whether or not customers are accepting of price increases, where it needs to happen in order to get people, um, staffed on cruise, and uh, any other things you're doing to sort of help with that um, dynamic.
2: Yeah, well, uh, it, it is, and it, it's not across the board. Here we're we're seeing that in North America. Um, in other regions, we're we're doing fine, but in North America the industry not just us it's the whole industry is already is we're already facing uh, um, uh, issues or challenges to have experienced drillers so we're we've ramped up our, our training as i mentioned uh, we've uh, we've increased our efforts at our training centers and uh, to uh, increase the number of, of trainees and also in times like these what we do is sometimes we might have one or two helpers on the job while we basically move to two to three helpers on the job to increase our um, to, to to increase our, our ability to uh train drillers uh because typically that's the, to become a driller you start as a helper mm-hmm. and uh so all these things uh we're doing and uh, on the pricing side, yes, we we are having uh, conversations, and most customers are recognizing, uh, you know, uh, especially customers that have uh, uh, been through these, uh, these cycles. They know how this plays out. When uh, things get tight on drillers, you need to lock you need to lock drills, and you want to lock your crews. Because uh if if you don't uh you might be you, you might be it's like musical chair, you might be the, the one standing up uh, looking for a chair at the end. So there is uh we're we're already getting phone calls from certain customers that are worried about uh about locking rigs. Mm-hmm. And um and so pricing has been moving up to soak up the extra cost, but also uh, we should see um, uh, margins gradually improve To um, because net, uh, the, over the last six years, the pricing, we're still at, at the beginning, we're still a, a long way from where we were in uh, 2012. So pricing, uh, we're still at low prices for, for this industry. Right.
0: Have you seen cost inflation and any other major inputs side from labor,
2: we're starting to see it, and uh, we've we've heard of uh, iron ore uh, or, or iron prices uh, being up quite a bit. So, so that could impact uh, supplies, cost of supplies going forward. We we haven't seen it yet, but uh, you you got to believe that as the whole industry um, uh, moves up. That uh, we're we're also going to see a little bit of, of cost increase. But again, we've got in, in our contracts we've got escalation clauses uh, to reflect that, and uh, so it shouldn't it shouldn't impact uh, our uh, our margin that much going forward.
0: Okay. And then a final one for me, um, in terms of customer inquiries, which you noted remain robust, is there, is there any region worth noting where you're receiving more inquiries and or any commodity where you're receiving more inquiries?
2: Yeah, it's still uh, Canada's The Canada is uh, hot right now in terms of inquiries. And that's because there there's been a lot of money raised I I mentioned flow through and the flow through money that gets raised has to be spent in on exploration in Canada so uh so there's been quite a bit of money raised in on that and that's uh that money is getting deployed right now but we're starting to see other regions uh inquiries that's picked up pretty much everywhere and uh so that's why we're hopeful that it's going to turn into uh projects some of those were waiting for budgets to be approved and last week over the last couple of weeks mining companies have had their board meetings and approvals of budgets and typically budgets then gets it trickles down to the field level to the to to the projects and that's where uh, approvals things get approved and that's where those inquiries turn into uh, contracts. So, um, so I think, like I mentioned, Canada is the one that is um, uh, where we're seeing a, a lot of activity increase right now. But I think the others are just uh, are going to uh, are going to come uh, fairly soon.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Thanks very much, Jenny. Appreciate your time.
2: Thank you.
1: Thank you. Next question is from Ahmad Shetta from Beacon Securities. Please go ahead. Your line is open.
5: Thank you. Uh, congrats, been on a, on, a on a good quarter. Uh, maybe one question for me. Uh, you touched on it a little bit. So uh, what, what's your view on how should we look at your know, potential for margin expansion, maybe directionally compared to previous cycles? It doesn't sound like it's going to be as significant as previous cycles, but we still should be looking for margin expansion given where the the pricing environment and and the cost inflation you mentioned.
2: Yeah, this is playing out exactly like previous cycles, uh, meaning that typically the way it has worked is revenue takes off first and then uh you've got upfront costs to get rigs in the field and training and and to get crews uh as they get trained they get more productive and then that's where you start to see margin improve plus the pricing uh the pricing picks up uh, steam as things go so so typically what you see is you see revenue take off first and margin tend to follow uh to to follow after and that's kind of what we expect to see in uh in this upcycle if things if things progress like they did in in previous upcycles perfect and and I guess I was trying to get at uh,
5: percentage point wise from the bottom of the cycle to the upcycle the delta and margins, given the training costs that you have to go through right now, is it directionally, is it magnitude-wise the same as the previous cycles, or is it a little bit lower just because of that? What do you think you can successfully do, similar to what you've done in any previous cycle, in terms of passing through those costs?
2: Well, as I mentioned, the there there is. Costs up front, so margins are the margin expansion is going to be limited. Uh, pricing is going up, but some of that pricing increase is going to be soaked up by uh, the extra costs up front. But um, which is the part I mentioned about margins not necessarily margin expansion not picking up immediately, uh, well, su- substantially, I mean, and then, uh, but it's just as you move uh as you move deeper in the cycle and things continue to pick up, that's where you start to see those margins move.
5: Perfect. That's 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 very helpful. And and lastly, I think the line was cutting off just way missed the overall utilization number where we stand right now.
2: Yeah. And yeah. maybe Ian, maybe you should go through yeah, the, uh, read, yeah, all sure. the
3: stats. I'll read them because apologies for that. Um So we had uh, 299 specialized drills at uh, 39% utilization, 123 conventional drills at 38% utilization, 168 underground drills at 52% utilization, uh, for a total of 590
5: drills at 43% utilization. 43%. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you so much, guys, and congrats again.
2: Thank you.
1: Thank you. There are no further questions registered at this time. I will
2: return the call back to Denis Larocque. Well, thank you, and uh, apologies again for the the, uh, the, the communication here. Uh, we uh, we picked up where we left off. We hope we, we didn't lose any any of you through this uh, through this uh, ordeal, uh, and uh, but l- we're looking forward to a busy uh, 2021. And uh, as as we move uh, deeper in this cycle, and uh, looking forward to see uh, what uh, what copper is going to do this year. Thanks, everyone, and we'll talk next quarter.
1: Thank you. The conference is now ended. Please disconnect your lines at this time, and we thank you for your participation.